Come on, say it with conviction. This is God's word. Not Pastor Evan's word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we indeed thank you this morning for the opportunity to come and to hear from the Spirit of God. And I pray that you will help me articulate your heart, your mind, and your thoughts about how we can respond in difficult situations. And I thank you in advance that this word is going to be a right now word for someone in this room. And I pray that as I decrease, you will increase. As I step back, you will step up. And I declare in advance, our lives will be changed for the better because your word is going to change our lives like never before. And if you believe that prayer, say, Amen, Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. If you've been attending on a regular basis, we're in the middle of a teaching series called Going Up. Everybody say, Going Up. And every now and then, God will put something in my heart, and it'll interrupt the flow of where I am. And I've learned by experience to go with the flow of God. Can somebody say amen? And so uh, he put something in my heart on yesterday and when I say yesterday, I mean yesterday. And uh, I call these opportunities shotgun messages. So today's message has nothing to do with my normal series. And if you're taking notes, I want you to write down the topic, how to respond to a difficult situation. How to respond to a difficult situation. And I believe that today's lesson will give you a roadmap as well as some inspiration on how to respond in a difficult situation. How many have ever been in a difficult situation before? Amen. I mean, in one way or another, at one time or another, all of us have been in situations uh, that, that we probably would have preferred not to be in. But sometimes we have no control over things. And so if you have your Bibles, I want you to find uh, Exodus chapter 13, and we're going to start in verse 17. And then I want you to find Exodus chapter 14, verses 10. That was Exodus 13, verses 17. And then Exodus chapter 14, verses 10. What I've discovered is that difficulty is something that cannot be avoided. It comes with the thing that we call life. And just like many people... Uh, in this room, many people in the Bible ran into difficulty in their life. And difficulty, what I mean by that, is just you are currently in a situation that is not desirable. It's something that if you could change it, you would. It's a, it's a situation where it may be temporary, but it feels like it's permanent. 
Amen. And there are so many people in the Bible who have gone through difficult situations. I mean, Noah found himself having to start all over because of a flood. Moses was caught between the water and Pharaoh's warriors. The three Hebrew boys found themselves in the middle of a fiery furnace. Daniel found himself in a lion's den. David encountered a giant named Goliath. The newlyweds ran out of wine when they were getting married. John the Baptist faced being beheaded and even Jesus encountered the cross. So there's going to be opportunities for us to experience difficult situations. However, guess what? The opportunity for us in those situations is to watch our God perform in our lives. Can you say amen to that? Amen. So I'm going to jump right into it because I want to finish what I put here. And, and it may not come out the way I want it, but it's going to come out the way God wants it. Amen. Amen. So here's point number one if you're taking notes. When you're encountering difficult situations, the way you respond, the first one is going backwards is not an option. Going backwards is not an option. Say this with me. Say going backwards is not an option. Now look at your neighbor and say going backwards is not your option. Amen. In other words, where you are is not as bad as where, as, as where you were. So many times when we're counter, encountering difficulty, we start looking to the past when really where we are is not as bad as where we were. Now in Exodus chapter 13, and uh, I'm going to start in verses 17. This is when the children of Israel were crossing the Red Sea. And it says in verse 17, And it came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go, that God led them, watch this now, He led them not through the way of the land of the Philistines, although that way was closer. For God said, If I do that, perhaps the people will repent. They will change their minds. Their heart will change. And when they see war, they will do what, class? They will return to Egypt. In other words, God could have led the children of Israel a a different path. But for some reason, he decided, you know what? I'm going to take them, watch this, not around, but through. Verse uh, 18. But God led the people about through, everybody say through, through the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea. And the children of Israel went up uh, and harnessed out of the land of Egypt. Now, I'm going to jump down to verse 21. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them the way. And by night in a pillar of of fire to give them light to go by day and night. Verse 22. He took not away the pillar of cloud by day, nor the pillar of fire by night from before his people. So one of the principles when you're looking at a difficult situation is to know that God was with you when you got in it. So he's still with you while you're in it. He didn't stop leading them just because they went the way through the wilderness. He didn't stop leading them. And sometimes when we're going through difficulty, the first question we ask is, where are you, God? See, never ask, where are you, God? Always say, God, where do you want me? Amen. 
And so we see here that he could have led them one way, but he led them another way. Amen. Now, go to Daniel chapter 3. Go to Daniel chapter 3. I know I told you to go to... Keep your hand in Exodus. We're going to come back. But I want you to go over to Daniel chapter 3. Uh, three and a half years ago, those of you all know this, but my wife and I uh, had Landon, our youngest son. And uh, like I have other sons. But I do. They are spiritual. Uh, but we were on this journey to have another baby and at the time I was 45 and I don't remember that my age wife just the wife of my age just subtract eight from from uh, my number and that's how old she was and and so we're on this journey to have this baby and uh, when we went into this journey I had a firm conviction that we could have another kid and the reason I had this conviction is because in my heart, I knew God's purpose and will for my life was to be fruitful and multiply. And all the men can say, Amen. Amen. I knew that was his will for me. I knew that if God was for me, who could be against me? I knew that God would give me the desires of my heart. I knew that. I knew I could do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But along the journey, we begin to run into some difficulty. We had doctors who gave us their opinion of what they thought we should do. We had options of maybe you should adopt. And the reason they said that is because they were looking at the facts. But see, every doctor's office I walked in, the facts didn't bother me. Because I walked in with the truth before they gave me facts. And when you are in a difficult situation, what you cannot afford to do is forget the truth regardless of what the facts are. And I'll never forget this man looks at us and we were, my wife wanted to do, uh, what do you call it? In, in, what is it? What is it called? Inter, it's one of them. It was a very expensive process that was not guaranteed. And so before I knew how much it cost, the guy was like, well, why don't you all go home today and y'all talk about it and, and then you can come back and, you know, decide on what you want to do. I said, well, what is it to talk about and decide on? I mean, we here because we want a kid. And he says, well, the financial part of it. And when he told me how much money it cost, I looked at my wife and I said, I am not going to pay somebody to do something that I can do for free. And then it's not guaranteed either. So I looked at the man right in his face. This is a true story. And I said, I'll see you on the other side. Because I knew deep down on the inside of my heart that regardless of what they said about our medical condition, regardless of what they said of how many soldiers I had or didn't have in my army, didn't matter to me. Because all it takes is one bullet to bring your enemy down. Just one. You only have five million. Well, it only takes one. 
Amen. You must have an unwavering faith that God's going to come through for you. And that's what we see here in the book of Daniel, chapter 3. I'm going to start in verse 16. If you're there, say, I'm there. It says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we're not careful to answer thee this matter. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able. Everybody say, he's able. He's able to what? Deliver us from the burning furnace. And he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. He said, but they went on to say, but if not, be it known unto you today, O king, that we still will not serve your gods, nor will we worship the golden image which you have set up. They say, if he does, we won't bow down. If he don't, we won't bow down. The bottom line is we will only bow down to our God. And when you're in the middle of a difficult situation, you cannot afford to let your faith bow down to the facts. Because what you don't realize, there is a landing on the other side. I didn't say landing, I said land done. Because here we are three years later with a little boy. Amen. Here's number two. We must preview the situation and not just review the situation. I'm talking about how to respond to a difficult situation. Here's the second principle. We must preview the situation and not just review the situation. In other words, what I mean by that is many of us, when we are in a situation, all we're doing is analyzing. We're looking and we're thinking and we're calculating and we're adding and subtracting and, and, and dividing and, and we're calling this person and calling that person. All we're doing is we are reviewing our situation, but I'm trying to get you to get beyond reviewing into previewing. You ever been to the movies and right before they show the main attraction, they give you all these previews and these previews are designed to show you what's to come. Well, when you are in a difficult situation, that's not the time to keep reviewing what you see. That's the time to begin to preview what you want to see. Go to Hebrews chapter 12. Go to, go to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews 12. Many of us have insight, but very few of us exercise foresight. I'm going to say that again. Many of us have insight. But many of us do not exercise foresight. See, insight is just seeing what's going on. But foresight is seeing beyond what's going on now and seeing what can happen in the future. In Hebrews chapter 12, see, when you preview something, when you have foresight about something, it will help you endure to the end of where you need to be. In Hebrews chapter 12, I'm going to start in now verse 1. It says, Wherefore, seeing also we have compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily beset us, and let us run. Everybody say run. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Verse 2. Looking unto Jesus, who's the author and the finisher of our faith, and, and who for the joy 
that was set before him for the joy that he previewed, for the joy that he saw before him. He was able to endure the what? Jesus didn't see himself just dying. Jesus saw himself being raised from the dead. This is why God told Abraham, he said, Abraham, I know you 90 years old. And I know I promised you a son. And I know medically that doesn't look like that's going to happen. He said, but I don't want you to look at your body condition. I don't want you to look at the age of your wife. I don't want you to look at the situation you grew up in. I don't want you to look at the education you do or don't have. He says, what I want you to do is look up at the stars because that's how many kids I'm going to give you one day. In other words, Abraham began to to get a preview of where he wanted to go and where God was calling. You said, well, pastor, how do I do that? See, the only way to get a preview is to understand the review. You ever been in school and they gave you a review? A review is basically going over what you already know. Y'all know what a review is, right? Yeah, and especially if you're a teacher, you know what it is. Well, a review is designed to just help you uh, remember that which you already know. Well, when you're going through a difficult situation, all you need to do is begin to review what's in God's Word to remind you so that now while you're in it, you won't stay in it because you can't even see yourself staying in it. See, I saw myself with a son. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, My wife wanted twins. I didn't see myself with that. (laughs) That's probably why it took so long. Because you have to be on one accord in every area of your relationship. They wanted twins. I was outvoted at the time. Heaven and her wanted twins and I didn't want twins. Because I'm having a hard time now dealing with just the two of them. And then you're going to bring two more in the picture? Oh, no, not at all. Well, I got a glimpse, and here is, here is what my motivating force was. I knew that the work that God has started in my life, he was faithful to complete it. And some of you all are, are, are finding yourself having to start over in certain areas of your life. You may be starting over in your career. Here it is, you've been working for this company for years and all of a sudden something happened and maybe there was a layoff or the company closed down and you're finding yourself having to go through the whole process of finding another job and you feel like you're starting over but you're not really starting over. What you have to understand is God has given you a new start. Amen. Amen. And the way you preview is through the promises. Can somebody say amen to that? Let's look at number three real quick. The way out of a situation or how to respond in a difficult situation. This is kind of tricky, so I want you to listen to it. The way out of a situation is going through the situation. The way out of a situation sometimes is going through the situation sometimes. And sometimes we don't want to hear that. Because, you know, we want to be like I dream a genie and we just want to, you know, like nod our ponytail and twinkle, twinkle, twink, and we out. But see, you don't realize faith is like a muscle and if you never use it, it will become weak. 
And opportunities of difficulty allows us to use our faith muscles so that we can see God come through on our behalf. And sometimes, listen to this, sometimes what looks like a delay is really God's direction. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, 1 Corinthians 10, 1 Corinthians 10. Sometimes what looks like a delay is really God's direction. Uh, years ago when, uh, you have to understand, when I was in uh, Bible school, I think I was around 27, and uh, God called me to pastor at that time. I, I'll never forget. And, and, uh, but it wasn't, it, I received the call, but it wasn't time to do it. That's why it says, he says, uh, set the vision. He says, for the vision is, you know, for an appointed time. It says, you know, don't worry, it's going to come. And so just because God shows you something right now don't mean you're supposed to do it right now. So here we are. You fast forward. I'm 27. I go all the way now to the age of 40. And now it's time for me to do what God is calling me to do. But all this time, I could have wasted it by, watch this, regretting not doing it. Or I could take advantage because God will never waste an experience. And even though at the time that all that time looked like a delay, it was actually God's direction for my life. In 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 10, it says in verse 13, there has no temptation taken you, but such that is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that which you are able, but he will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. I'm going to read that in the message translation. It says, no test or temptation that comes your way is beyond the course of what others have had to face. All you need to remember is that God will never let you down. He'll never let you be pushed past your limit. He'll always be there to help you come through it. In other words, there is nothing you will ever face in your life that God has not put the faith inside of your heart to overcome. If you are facing it, you can handle it. I mean, when you get a faith attitude about yourself, you will walk around, may not have a dime in your pocket, but you're rich in faith. I mean, you can look at, you can walk into a dealership with, with, with no money in your pocket and test drive that car like it's yours. See, many of us, we're waiting for the manifestation and then believe. It doesn't work like that. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, but it's the evidence of things that I haven't seen. If I see it, it ain't faith. And when you learn how to use your faith, what you're going through won't even bother you. We got denied four times in this school. Four, three or four, I can't remember. It was a lot. But for the joy that was set before me, God had already spoken. And when God has spoken, guess what? Nobody can deny. And here's what I love about God. 
God has factored every mistake, every problem, every setback, every challenge, any problem that you have had, even things that you've done on your own. He's factored that into the equation of your destiny. You say, well, pastor, what do you mean by that? God already knew you were going to do what you did, when you did it, how you did it, where you did it, and who you did it with. Mm-hmm. He already knew. Look at your neighbor and say, he already knew. But see, he's factored that into the fabric of your destiny. Because see, God is a God that will work all things together for your, for your good. So here's my last point as I close here. If God factors things together for my good, then nothing bad really happens to me. Okay, go to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Go to Romans 8. Romans chapter 8. We dwell so much on what has happened to us that what happens is we short circuit the faith to work for us. It says in Romans chapter 8, look at verse 28. For we know, or and we know, that how many things? Come on, class. How many, class? All things work together for good to them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. And so if it's working out for my good, then nothing bad happened to me. In other words, I can go through a situation, whether it's bad, whether it's sour, whether it's the way I wanted it or not. If I have the right perspective, I need to know that I'm going to come out of this better than when I went in. You may come out of a workout real sore, but I tell you what, but your muscles come out stronger. Well, I may not thank God for what I'm going through, but I will thank God in what I'm going through because the God who gives me the strength is in there with me. See, the reason why you're able to do all things through Christ who strengthens you because the greater one is not just on the outside of you. He's on the inside of you. And there is nothing in your life, there is nothing coming down your path, there is nothing you will ever experience that you cannot handle. So now my, my attitude shouldn't be, woe me, poor is me. My attitude should be, bring it. Oh, see, some of y'all don't understand. Okay. Let's say you are the worst fighter in the world. Couldn't fight. You couldn't beat up a mosquito if you had to. But let's say you, and then you have, uh, uh, give me somebody strong. Who? Mike Tyson. Well, he old. He ain't strong no more. No, he probably still strong. Let's take Mike Tyson. And it's you and Mike Tyson. That's how many of us visually and spiritually see ourselves in situations. We walk in and instead of being the conqueror, instead of being more than a conqueror, we see ourselves as being conquered. But we forget that this, there's more to us than what the eye can see. It says we can do all things through Christ. That means whoever has Christ in them is with me. So now, do you think all of us in this room could beat up Mike Tyson? Absolutely. Well, how many got Christ in you right now? 
That's right. So now that's why more can be for you than what you see. Because when Christ is in you, who can be against you? If Christ is in you, what can be against you? If the big God is on, listen, if God is big enough to shape this world, he's big enough to overcome a $50 bill you got in the mail that you ain't got the money for. And I believe today, some of you all were waning in your faith. I don't know how I'm going to make it. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm telling you what you're going to do. You know what you're going to do? You're going to trust God. You know what you're going to do? You're going to stand still and see the salvation of God. You know what you're going to do? You're going to wait until he gives you the wisdom on what you need to do. You know what you're going to do? You're going to do just like Moses did. The Bible says Moses was complaining. He said, Lord, what am I going to do? And the Lord says, stop complaining. Lift up your rod. You know, the word praise translates the word yada. The word yada means to lift up your hands. And even when you don't know what to do, use your weapon of praise for you. Oh, you don't need no money to raise your hands. Oh, you don't need a new car to raise your hand. You don't have to have good credit to raise your hand. Your kids don't have to be acting right to raise your hand. You don't have to have a job to raise your hand. You don't even have to have a checking account to raise your hand. But if you raise your hand, he said, listen, the earth is going to make it happen. And some of you all have been crying. And God is saying, stop crying. Lift up your voice. Lift up your hands. Father, in Jesus' name, I declare breakthrough. Some people in here were breaking down, but I declare breakthrough in the name of Jesus. Breakthrough in their finances. Breakthrough for that job search. Breakthrough, Father, in that relationship. Breakthrough, God, in their health, in the name of Jesus. Breakthrough for what they're believing God for. Some of you are wondering, you're believing God for something that's right, but you're still in your mind saying, but God, do you really want me to have it? The Bible says he'll give you the desires of your heart. And so, Lord, I thank you this morning that every person that is hearing my voice, they will walk out of this place with a firm conviction that you are such a big God that all things are possible to him that believes. With every head bowed and every eye closed, you may be here this morning. If you've never received Jesus Christ as your personal Savior.